Welcome to What the Hell. Uh, today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Marvel versus DC. Uh, there's a lot about it to talk about and a lot of people don't realize uh, either A, they just go off in the movies, uh, they go off of... Uh, not a lot of people actually read the comic books nowadays. It's more or less like uh, they do the animes and stuff like that. Yeah, they... Uh... They actually did a uh, like a printed crossover uh, in like April to May. It was like two months or whatever back in '96. The two giants got together. Oh yeah, you're talking about the uh, God. Uh, it was DC versus Marvel Comics. Well, they have a, they have several of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, they stopped doing it here lately, which is really sad because ah, I can't remember. I know the name of it, and I just can't... It starts with an A. Well, the plot was kind of like, the, you know, these two brothers that were very godlike. They they personified themselves yeah. as the DC versus, you know, in, in the Marvel universes. Uh, they became aware of each other's existence and challenged each other to a series of duels involving the respective superheroes kind of a thing. Um, yeah, the, and The they... losing universe would cease to exist. <laughs> and uh, they, the, the, the story, it was like... Um, it was in like a kind of an out of the outer universe component, uh, and you know where the the outcomes of the primary battles were determined by the readers' votes. Yeah, and they actually had uh, uh, variants mm-hmm. of those uh, those characters, like uh, Wolverine and Batman combined together, called Dark Claw, uh, uh, Eggman, A M A L G A M comics. That's what is the. Uh, uh, combination of Marvel and DC. They had like uh, uh, Superman with Captain America merged together, uh, Storm and uh, Wonder Woman merged together. Uh, yeah. a, lot, a lot of them, and it it was a lot well, of people they, hated it. Well, they it, had they they really they, that that miniseries had kind of like a head to head you know mantra to it. Uh, Aquaman versus the Submariner. Aquaman yeah. won that fight hands down because I mean he had a whale land on top of the submarine. Yeah, well, yeah. the the whole thing about the Marvel versus DC, that comic, uh, what it was is you just had to pin the person down. Yeah. I mean, there is even one thing uh, in there where I think it was uh, Wonder Woman versus uh, Storm, and Wonder Woman ended up lifting up uh, Thor's hammer. Yeah, and well, okay, so <laughs> Thor went up against went against Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel being the DC Universe uh, character. Or Shazam. Yeah, Captain Marvel, Shazam. It was, it, the, the, the alter ego was uh, Billy Batson. Yeah. Well, Thor, you know, he caused him to, caused uh, Captain Marvel to change back to Billy. And when Billy went to go change back, Thor threw Manure out there and intercepted the lightning that would have changed him back. Yeah. So that's how Thor won that fight. So, you know, I I don't know, I kind of, I that one, I'm a big fan of the fact that Thor won that fight just simply due to the fact that you're going against a god. You're just a kid who happened to inherit powers from some, like, creepy-ass old pedo, you know, wizard. Well, <laughs> depending on who's, and it's another thing is depending on who's writing it, mm-hmm. yeah. it depends on how good the comic is. Like, uh... Uh, Jeff Jones, uh, he's, I, I really like his writing style. Yeah. Because he did, he did Sajam uh, writing, uh, it, it was like a, it was kind of a, like a one-off, but it had like different uh, mini, it was a mini-series with different uh, episodes, but they were in the back of Justice League. Yeah. When it came out, the, uh, uh, the Tri-War or something like that, it, it was, it was something to do with Pandora. Anyways, what, what what happened with that is that whole if you watch the actual Shazam movie, that's more or less what that comic book was, and that there was a little bit of variations in it, and it was just really really well written. Uh, it's like uh, uh, the Reborn series, uh, not the full mini series, but like uh, Flash Reborn, where they brought back Barry Allen and. Uh, Green Lantern Reborn, which he did too, uh, which they brought back uh, uh, Hal Jordan as the Green Lantern. Those series was top of the line. <laughs> One of the best fights in that whole series, though, it was 
Wolverine or Logan versus Lobo. Yes. It was a huge bar fight. Most of it occurred off panel. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, you had a lot of that automatopoeia out there, like the bam crash, you know, and you know, <laughs> it was just, it was, I think they used a lot of alliteration to it, you know, to yeah, cause, kind of describe it. Because you can't, you, you, you can't draw that kind of violence. In <clears throat> comics back then, yeah. Yeah, comics back in the 90s. I mean, really, I mean, unless, I mean, this was even before, I mean, even before Image took off and did its thing, you, you still couldn't really get that graphic unless you were doing those like small independent studios which this was not gonna I mean they wouldn't have been able to hang well they would be I mean if you look at the Max series from Marvel uh, which was uh, Jessica Jones Daredevil uh, Mm -hmm. Luke Cage I mean the Jessica Jones ones which if you watch the TV series Jessica Jones that was more or less that but I mean even ah, freaking uh, I think Joe, uh, Joe, uh, I forget his name, but, uh, he wrote that in the first series was Jessica Jones and, uh, because they didn't have any kind of, uh, censorship on those comics and everything like Mm -hmm. that, he literally said, it's like, I'm going to see how many times I can, uh, write the word fuck in this thing. Right. And he... He, he did, and then after a while, they're like, "Dude, might, maybe tone it down a little bit. Just back it off, just a, just a hair, because almost every panel had like three fucks in it." Yeah, but uh, that was another thing back in the fifties uh, was the comic book code. <clears throat> yeah, and what it ended up happening with that was this quack of a psychologist to say decided to say. Hey, comic books are creating these deviants for uh, for little kid, little boys, and everything. Because uh, back then, boys read comic books more than uh, uh, girls did. And what it ended up happening is, is instead of having it be uh, censored and everything like that, they decided to create the comic book code. Well, yeah, it was like a morality thing. Yeah, right. And I mean, basically, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I get your point, but with with that comic book authority or whatever it was, you know, they they you know, oh, this isn't a immoral. This is moral. This is okay. This is okay. It was just censorship, and under under a different name. That's all that it was. And 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 you talk to the editors, you talk to the writers, you talk to the artists of the day, and they all knew. You had to get this. I mean, they had they had to come up with sneaky ways. To get past the censors. Yeah. Well, it, I, and, I mean, a lot of that came there's out. There's one who was just like a telephone call or something like well, that. Well, a lot of, a, a lot of the, 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 the authority code, or the, the comic book code, came out during the Red Scare of the 50s. Yeah. So, you know, everybody's What is it, McCarthy? Yeah, McCarthy, MacArthur, McCarthy, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people were just like, they were scared of the commies, they were scared of the Reds, and it's like... They were all oh, the Reds are infiltrating our children via the comic book industry, and it's like, and so it. Well, he even backed off in the seventies and said he was wrong. Yeah, he did, but that that comic book authority code was still in place. Yeah, and I think that was in place. Uh, I want to say until like the late eighties, early nineties. No, it was late seventies. What late happened? 70s? Okay. Yeah, what happened was is I just uh, okay. I know why I remember seeing that that those on the covers of those kids because yeah, my dad had. Tons of comic books. I used to just read all of his issues. Yeah. Well, what happened with that was it was literally uh, them saying, "Hey, we we want to stop drugs and everything like that. Write it, write it for kids to do anti drugs." And they did it. They tried to do it with the Spider Man because of the, uh, because of the comic book code, they couldn't put it out. So they just wrote the issue as a non comic book code. But what's really sad is is DC did it, and they didn't do it with the comic book code, and they, oh, my God, that, that issue to this day is, uh, for its time was really weird. Yeah. And really pushing it forward because they basically uh, read uh, Speedy, uh, Green Arrow's uh, protege, basically uh, got addicted to heroin. 
and they and they implanted the whole thing and green uh green arrow was t- just off shot and it was green lantern that came in and said hey you maybe you should do something about this i mean look at your views and everything it was a very well-written comic yeah and marvel kind of their approach to it from what i remember uh their approach to it was not issues per se, but more like PSAs. Yeah. You had Captain America <laughs> talking about say no to drugs, which is funny considering the fact that all of his powers, all of his powers his came drug. from being shot, you know, from, from taking a serum, you know, and, and I'm like, huh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those, it's one of those moments where you just look at everything and you're like, Really? I mean, w- when you're a kid, you don't think about that kind right. of stuff. I mean, there is a, uh, there's a comic book series from Marvel called Nam. The, yeah, the Nam? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember reading that, yeah. There was a couple of issues that had the Punisher in there. Yeah. And it was, I mean, what they do nowadays is if, if they're doing a character it's like oh he was prior military this is and he's always been prior military and it gets to the point where he he's literally Punisher's been in almost every war but you have a person like Captain America that's only been in one war technically technically yeah I mean yeah. he was in World War II he didn't come out of the ice until like the 80s no it was it was the 60s because oh, he was like a uh, fifth comic in uh, yeah. uh, Fifth Avengers, and yeah. he ended up being the leader. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's it's hard to go toe to toe with me with comics because it. Uh, well, I wasn't just... trying to go toe to toe. No, no, no. I, I... Well, you know what's funny is you talking about like uh, combat related comic books. <laughs> My dad used to read Sergeant Rock all the time. Oh yeah, uh, Sergeant Rock and the. Uh... Oh, God. Uh, Howling Commandos. Yeah, well... No, the no, Howling Commandos was uh, that, Fury. Yeah, that was Fury, but uh, but Sardin Rock, it was like Easy Company, and, you know, Sardin Rock of Easy Company or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Anyway, I've got a Sardin Rock issue that's framed, because on the cover, it's like, follow me, I am the infantry, and I'm like, yeah. You know? <laughs> but I, I've got it, it's in a bag with the backer board, and it's framed. I mean, that's, that's like, that's one of the coolest things, you know, because uh, having been an infantryman... Yeah, my dad found that and he framed it for me, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is this is that's that's where it's at." For yeah. So, you know, it, comic books is the, you know the the way that the comic books relate to everyday like social issues, and they you know people can identify with basically anything that's in a comic book. Yeah, and I, I think that they're written that way. Not well, by by well, actually, you know. With the way that they com- they they connect on a on a such a wide and diverse base, I think it was done kind of incidentally because the way that the writers were approaching it, especially in the '60s and the '70s, and then going on into the '80s, they started to write these characters to reflect the social issues of the time. Yeah, and they were really trying to offer a more of a neutral kind of a viewpoint of how to view, you know, of how to look at those things. Um, I mean, obviously, you're going to have things like Captain America, very patriotic. Uh, but you ended up having, like, something like to the uh, extent of the X-Men where it was going against uh, civil rights. Or not going against civil rights. It was yeah, going, it, was, it was... It was more of a civil rights statement. Yeah, it, well, it re- they really were, and, and to an extent, they still are. So yeah. Now, I mean, when we get into things like the MCU, you're going to start seeing that more and more now, um, especially because they 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 reacquired the rights to 98 percent of their property. Yeah. Um, specifically, the 20, you know, uh, Fox. Yeah. So when they bought out 21st Century Fox, they got all of their X-Men back. Um, they got Fantastic um, Four. They got their Fantastic Four. I think there was like uh, one other smaller property. That they they ended up giving back Daredevil before the uh, thing. Beforehand, yeah. So and so, but <coughs> like with now that they're trying to figure out a way to introduce the the, the X Men uh, story arcs into the MCU, I, I think if they can, I think we're gonna because um, Phase Four is supposed to be like a really small, small 
Well, not really small in a way. It, most of this stuff is going to be uh, TV series from uh, Disney Plus. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, they're doing a lot of that just based, based out of just pure necessity. So, uh, because of the, the whole. <laughs> That's so funny. Life. Life. We'll find a way. Okay, yeah. so. Um, I think that they were doing they're they're doing a lot of the Disney Plus stuff for the MCU just based out purely out of necessity because Hollywood basically shut down while everybody is freaking out about a ninety nine percent survivable pandemic. Yeah, as um, long as you don't say the uh, words to it, we won't get banned. So <laughs> oh no no no, I won't call it the Wuhan virus at all. So but anyways, um, this is a comic book show, not a, not a political statement. Show. Yep, uh, uh, but. Um, I think that the, the the smaller screen stuff like your Scarlet Witch, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I liked both of those series, by the way. Oh yeah. Um, Scarlet Witch really kind of it set up Doctor Strange and the multi or multiverse of madness, which is going to be the second Doctor Strange movie coming out. Um, and they brought back the Darkhold. Yes, and so um, and Agatha Harkness. I mean, they really. They kind of tweaked with the character a little bit, but at the same time, I think they really kind of added a new dimension to the character. Yeah, she was exactly. one of those smaller, kind of like B team bad guys. Well, that's what's that's a lot of things on uh, the Marvel uh, the Marvel side of uh, the TV series or just movies in general. Uh, a lot of people, everybody's heard of Iron Man now, mm-hmm. but back then, yeah, uh, Iron unless Man you're was, Iron Man was a JV guy. Yeah, it was it was B. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, they they did a lot of the B stuff, and everybody started hitting it up. I mean, the only one that was like really big was the Hulk, and they trashed it the first time. Mm-hmm. And the second time, uh, Ed Norton actually did a really good job. And a lot of people were freaking arguing to the fact that they didn't. I was like, no, it was actually really good. Yeah, I mean, it, it, with the Ed Norton version of the Hulk, yeah, I mean, I I, I liked the movies. They could have done a little bit better of a job with it. And I think a lot of that is because, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Hulk property was still owned by Fox at the time. Universal. You know, was it, yeah, it, yeah, it was Universal because those, yeah, those were Paramount movies. So they really couldn't do a whole lot as far as like the backstory. They couldn't really use that as the catalyst for the MCU. So they, they, that's when Marvel came in and was like, you know what? Let's, let's go with Iron Man. Let's see if we can get this. Because, I mean, you look at it, like, the way that the comic books themselves are set up, all of their funding came from Stark Industries. Yeah. Anyway, so, well, it just kind of seemed like the other thing. The other thing about those movies is there was a lot going against them. Yeah. Because uh, everybody was like, we don't know if this is... I mean, they got... Every person that worked on Iron Man was, quote-unquote thrown to the wolves. Mm-hmm. They weren't supposed to do this stuff. They weren't supposed to be this high up because Hollywood as an entity tried to trash them down as much as they possibly yeah, could. Like, John Favreau, just... uh, as a director, they were like, oh no, he sucks. You can't use him. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., oh, he's trouble. He he has a bad past and everything like that. Yeah. But they showed up and they literally, they, uh, if they you actually look in the back. thing and they took it. No, what's even funnier than that is they didn't even have a script. All most of that stuff was improv. Yeah, it was. It literally showed what they were doing. They were doing everything as a fly. Yeah, and now with the job that that John Farvo did with with his his hand in the Marvel movies with uh, Iron Man, Iron Man Two, Iron Man Three. Oh, no, he, no, he, he didn't he do didn't Iron do Man two. Three. Yeah, no, I think he did direct no, three. No, 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 he was just in it. It was a different. Uh, it was the director that did that. Also did uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That's right. That's right. So and, he did Iron Man's one and two. Yeah, but and then you take a look at what John Farvo did with Star Wars when he came out with the Mandalorian. Uh, yeah. Right. He basically the Mandalorian. I think was kind of like a, an apology letter to to the Star Wars fans. Yeah, and even what's really funny is during the interview, uh, the roundtable with all the characters and everything, the the chick that shall not be named ever again because she's fired. Uh, yeah, you know, not not because she wanted to, she wanted to have her woke Star Wars, and she had her, her woke Star Wars, and the fans almost beat her to a pulp. Yeah, well, verbally. Yeah, verbally, and then uh, on top of that, um, 
the such the, the huge backlash from it, it uh, I think Disney is forced now into a position where they're going to retcon. No, they already said it. They already yeah. They're they're gone. Yeah, so they're no longer those movies are no longer canon. And what's but really what sad is a lot of the actors in there are really good actors, and yeah. they're getting trashed. Well, they're, yeah, they're getting trashed. Um, and and you know we now we can't go back and like the Timothys I, like I think I think that they missed a golden opportunity. They could have used the Timothys on series uh, Heir to the Empire. No, what they were trying to do is the Dark Empire, and uh, if you looked at the last episode, that's where they actually. Uh, you you see the uh, uh, ex, uh, executioner, no, uh, execu- ex- ah, come on, Dave, executioner stat, uh, class star destroyers. Yeah. Okay. And that's where those star destroyers came up. It was just. Very well, did you weird. ever read that Timothy Zahn series, Heir to the Empire? Yeah, that was very good with yeah the, with the twins, and the, it had General Grand Grand Admiral Thrawn in it. Yeah. He introduced Thrawn in that series, and I'm like, oh man. You know, Han and Leia had twins. Yeah. You know, it wasn't one of these. I mean, Rain Johnson and uh, she who shall not be named really trashed Luke Skywalker's character. Yeah. And, you know, you always see these, like, like clips, these videos that are out there floating around now where, like, the last take that Luke, uh, Mark Hamill did as Luke Skywalker that, you know, he's crying, and he's having to be consoled by, 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 the, by the crew. And they're like, oh, it's the last time. He knew it was the last time he's ever going to be Luke Skywalker. It's like, no. And, you know, and he came out uh, during uh, The Last Jedi, uh, the, the press tour for The Last Jedi. He came out and was like, look, yeah. they killed my character. I mean, they, 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 just, I mean, they ruined Luke Skywalker. But John Favreau and Dave Filoni brought greatness yeah. back in the last episode of Mandalorian. If you yeah. haven't watched it, spoiler alert, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, it, when it, Luke Skywalker comes point, in, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, you had time. It, yeah, it, you've had time to go and watch it. You've had time to sit down. And, oh, man, I, I, mean, was, I, was, I was geeking out to the point to where geeking out. I mean, you could have oh, yeah. shot me like 15 times me and I would still boys. be going. Yeah, me and my boys were sitting there watching. Dude, I got goosebumps. Oh, yeah, me too. It. So... Me and my boys are standing, sitting there watching it, and like you, you just like oh a single X wing, and I'm like, huh? And then I was yeah, like, I, you look closer, and it's like that's an R two in the back of that, and I was like, oh wait, I didn't even do that. Wait, it was wait, and I was sitting there putting the pieces together. I'm like, oh, and I'm like, oh my god, and then my 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 uh, Colin, he my twelve year old, he was like, is that? And then my my youngest, he goes, is that Luke Skywalker? And I'm like. I don't know. I'm hoping. Oh, and then you see that in the entrances of all entrances, where he just that green saber just extends out. You're like, Ugh! and then you see the 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 mechanical hand, and he just. I, you know, you just do the. And we were just like, oh, oh. I mean, we were jumping off the chairs, jumping off the couch. Uh, my my nine year old, he he's got Aspergers. I mean, he he's like he gets into it, and he's like, oh. God. Oh my God! It's Luke Skywalker. Oh, you know what I mean? Just... Yeah, I did the I did the whole uh, curly spinning around in the. It was just awesome. Oh, and yeah, I mean, it's like now they could have done the 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 deep fake, uh, the, the 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 CGI face, right? They they could have done a little bit better on that. And you see some of those uh, YouTube videos where these uh, small budget CGI studios go in and they do. They, yeah. they recreate it and they make it look better, but it's like, it's like I don't care. Yeah, well, I'm yeah, I don't care, but at the same time I do. But it's just like okay, because you know the only the only reason I do, and it's not me trying to nitpick. So whatever. Okay, it, it you've got these small time studios that can do twice as good of a job, but then you've got Disney with an app, with an app, an app, and some still you know and 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 some uh, still capture uh, video, right? Then you get Disney. A multi-billion-dollar no. It's even set. Oh, they, I mean, they do the deep fake for a lot of stuff. Except like uh, the whole thing with Justice League when it first came out with the, with the mustache. Yeah, <laughs> and you have people that were doing it with deep, uh, with the the deep fake app. Yeah, and it's like a thousand times better. It's like, really, guys, did you really have to b- drop the ball that bad? It's like, 
the only reason why, I mean, you can't even say. Now, to be fair, the, Zna- the Zach-, Zach Snyder cut of Justice League, they went in and they cleaned up all of that. Oh, it was so great. And, and yes, it, and it, it made was, so much. The, the whole storyline made. Yes, they, and you know, honestly, if they would have released the Zack Snyder cut, they could have done that in two different installments. They could have done like an in, you know Infinity War in game toss, you know, type, type setup. And it would have, I mean, it would have saved the DCU. It really would have, yeah. uh, as far as cinematically is concerned. Now, it, they didn't, they opted to go for the Josh Whedon cut. Now, Josh Whedon, don't get me wrong, love the guy. He's responsible for bringing us a lot of cool stuff, you know, like Firefly and the initial part of the Avengers. Um, uh, so, what was some of his other smaller titles? Um, Dale, uh, Dale versus, uh, I'm, that's Alec to it. No, you're talking about Vampire, the, uh, Buffy the Vampire Buffy, Slayer. Buffy the, yeah, yeah. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I mean, Josh Whedon brought us a lot of greatness. Yeah. But he needed to stay out of the DCU because DC. He's more of a Marvel fan. That's the reason why I didn't really want yeah, him to. Yeah, and see, Zack Snyder's more of a DC guy. Yeah. Now, because he brought he brought I love, back. I the, love the Marvel universe. Don't get me wrong. I am yeah. a huge fan. If I had to pick one over the other, I'm going Marvel all day long just because of the writing. See, I can't even do that. Well, it, comic books mean like uh, like that. It's like oh, let me crack. back up. Let me back no. up. Let me back up. If I'm going to pick a cinematic universe, I'm going to go Marvel all day just because of what we've seen as far as the writing for the DC movies. It just seems like they're trying to keep up with the Joneses, and they can't. Yeah. Because Marvel Marvel Studios set the standard and they ran with that juggernaut. I mean, they just bulldozed over everything and they rewritten the expectations and the standard for oh, superhero. Man, I movie. totally forgot Deadpool. Yeah, they brought back uh, they bought back Deadpool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Sorry, so, <laughs> I just. But you know, it, but as far as like the the movie, the cinematic universes are concerned, I mean. Well, I had a I had a theory back because in the hands day. down, hands down, my favorite superhero ever. Okay, as far as comic books are concerned, my favorite one always and forever will be uh, Superman. Yeah, same here. You know, and my Superman, my Man of Steel, will always be Christopher Reeve. Oh yeah, you know, and and to an extent, you got Christopher Reeve. And I actually, I actually enjoyed Brandon Routh. Oh yeah, as Superman. Superman Returns, the writing could have been a little bit better. No, no, no. But it the was storyline. It was Brian Singer that was just. I hate him. I really do. I yeah, he's the guy that like he, he, he was. Yeah, he he was the uh, guy responsible for screwing up the X Men and you know for Fox. But yeah. Um. And you didn't get you didn't get uh, Wolverine to his greatness until you got to Logan. Yeah, you know, but. Which is sad that we had to wait that long to get there. I don't even think he touched that one. No, he didn't. He he, wasn't, but, he didn't have anything to well, do with it. Well, there's a lot of things on something to, uh, to that extent to where uh, a lot of the comic books you can easily turn into really great movies. Like mm-hmm. uh, Wolverine Origins. The comic book is so great. Y- yeah, the comic book was great, but the movie, oh my, oh my God. God. It would, you just throw it in the dumpster fire. The only reason... The only reason that I, I had my, my boys watch that is because of, you know, I, I wanted them to see just how bad Fox screwed up the X-Men universe. And so that way they could also get, to its fullest extent, the joke that Ryan Reynolds injected into the Deadpool movies. Yeah. And, you know, like, especially at the end of the second one when he's going back and cleaning up the timelines. <laughs> yes, it was know. so freaking hilarious. And, but, I mean, as far as, like, DC, you know, I mean, you're going to get some of these really great one-liners, you know, and it's like, one of the things that I really appreciated about Superman Returns was it wasn't necessarily a reboot, it was a continuation and, yeah, and, and, but they and, could have done it to the point where he wasn't. Uh, they didn't put him in as a creepy person. Yeah, I mean, they could have made it to where Superman didn't really kind of come off as being so much of a homewrecker. 
I mean, it could have. I mean, because we we, we could have. We, stalker too. That's yeah. So many things that was wrong. So many things, right? And Brandon but, Law, Roth really worked worked his magic on yeah, that. Yeah, and, 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 and he got and he got the approval from Christopher Reeve's widow yeah. to play the part. And you know, I mean, it, it's it's one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie call it creepy but whatever it's still one of my favorite one of my favorite scenes it's when he's in the kid's bedroom watching him sleep yeah, right that's creepy be that as it may this is a, I'm looking at it from the simplistic point of the point of view that it this is a father looking at his son exactly okay and and he recited the line that his dad had imprinted into that crystals you know, crystal yeah. set you know is uh, you will be Sounds different so, um, sometimes you will feel like an outcast but you will never be alone you will make my strength your own you will see my life through your eyes, and your life will be seen through mine. The son becomes the father, and the father becomes the son. See, I get goosebumps, and I'm like, to me, like that is hands down, like that, that, that encapsulates for me what it means to be a dad. Yeah. Because well, it's also know, and I'm looking at okay, like because you remember we keep talking about how comic books are constantly kind of like. They're they're really summarizing. Yeah, I mean they're they're teaching or they're they're teaching tools, and and they, and they really kind of they bring to the surface those unspoken things that we experience in everyday life, and you know like the racial bigotries and 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 uh, the 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 classisms or just the uh, uh, outcasts. Yeah, I mean. Uh... Even in Man, uh, Man of Steel, they had the "you may stumble, you may fall, but everybody will eventually join you into the sun." Yeah, uh, I probably butchered that whole, whole thing, uh, but yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but for for me, you know, and I had that that whole thing, and and what, and if you remember at the beginning of Superman Returns, they had, um, oh, crap, um. A lot of uh, Marlon Brando stuff. Marlon Brando, thank you. Yeah, they 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 dubbed Marlon Brando's part of that dialogue, reciting that same line, into the beginning of the movie, and then when you see Krypton explode, and uh, well, they also they also did a lot. They used a lot of the uh, stuff that they uh, chunked in the first two movies because Richard Donner did technically Richard Donner did both uh, Superman one and Superman two. Yeah, and they had the Donner cut in the second one. And which I thought was like great. Yeah, it was still it was still good, but it was just cut because they didn't want to spend that much money. And they it's situations like that. A lot of the time, it just comes down to the brass tacks and money. Yeah. Now, (laughs) I say I love Christopher Reeve, love him to death. You know, and I cried the day that he died because I remember there was a a political cartoon. Remember that you you see those political cartoons in the op-ed pages. And I had this cut out, and I saved it somewhere. I don't think it survived my second divorce. But anyways, I digress. Um, it was a picture of a wheelchair with a Superman cape draped over the side of it and, a, and um, somebody flying off into the distance with angel's wings. And it said, you'll believe a man can fly. And it oh, had, and it had God, the epitaph. Goosebumps right there. Right? And I'm like, man, you know, because, I mean, it's like, I'm sitting there going, I might, like, I might tear up a little bit. Because when, when he got into that, then that horse riding accident, I'm like, Superman's not supposed to get Oh God, yes! And then when he died, I'm like, well, even even that episode, of, even the episode of Smallville where he showed up, and you hear the Superman theme music in the yes. background, the original, yeah, and like, see, and you're like, oh yes, 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 exactly, yes, he's back. Yeah, and, I mean, I mean, it made you feel that he was back. Yeah, and it, it was, it just stuff like that from your youth that you yeah, bring because up. They didn't, they don't play the original Superman theme in Man of Steel. You get that that whole. Kind of weird, clunky, pseudo electronic. That was that was really the uh, the real thing that I really liked about the Josh Whedon Justice League it wasn't the fact of that whole movie was eh, it was all right. I still watched it uh, a couple of times, but it was that scene where he uh, he comes in. And it's like if you want to talk about justice or truth. Yeah, yeah. If you want to come and talk about truth, and you hear the Superman music. From the seventies, yeah, and he comes up, and you're like that at that moment. That was the moment for me, yeah, because it was it was it was like 
okay, I'm getting my childhood back. Yeah, and it, I mean, and for even, me, what did it for me was in Superman Returns, right? That scene where the plane is coming down, and he's and he's slowing it down before it crashes, and he and he sets it down in the middle of that baseball diamond, right? Mm-hmm. And like you hear the music, the dun 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 dun, you know that big build up, right? Yeah, uh, that John Williams original score. Yeah, and then he and when he sets the plane down and he goes inside, right? And he and and he, and you you hear the nostalgic throwback, and he's like, he goes, "Ma'am, are you okay?" He goes, well, I hope this isn't sworn in of you off of flying because statistically speaking, it is the safest way to travel. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and then, and I'm like, and then he, and he comes back out and he's, and he's just kind of floating there in the doorway and you see the camera zoom in on him. He's on the Jumbotron. People are going fucking nuts, you know, and I'm sitting there going, Superman's back. And then you, 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 you see Lex Luthor and okay, I have to address the elephant in the room here now because... Even though Kevin Spacey has done what he has done and has been basically blackballed from Hollywood, next to Gene Hackman, he was one of my favorite Lex Luthers. Yeah, because he just he could play that role. The only thing, okay, as Lex Luthers goes, uh, and 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 this is just my opinion. You'll probably strike me down later on. We'll be off camera, and you'll beep the crap out of me. But in my opinion, though. Uh, the two best Lex Luthers uh, wasn't Gene Hack- Gene Hackman. He was up there. Uh, Kevin Spacey. He was up there. But it was really Mark uh, Rosenbaum that did it really good. In, okay, in, now in, in now you're talking. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So he did play a good Lex. He made Lex personable. You know, but in that is a that's that's one of those multiverses. So while Smallville did its thing and it was very successful in doing its thing. Without even realizing it, it gave Marvel an opportunity to introduce their, uh, you know, uh, their, their Flashpoint crap, right? Because yeah, it's it, DC, but yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm at DC. Well, anyways, so Smallville, alternate universe, uh, Supergirl, alternate universe, Flash goes to any fucking universe he wants, and he created Flashpoint, and then, you know, and it's just like, to me... The whole multiverse thing, it, it really kind of just, uh, maybe in, in, and Marvel's going to start messing with it. And I'm like, oh, I just, I, it, I, it, to me, it makes me cringe because I'm just like, look, we, we've got, yes, we can acknowledge that all these multiverses exist, right? And that's great, fine, whatever. But let the stories play out within those multiverses instead of trying to merge everything. Because then it just gets watered down. Because yep. for me, at least, I stopped watching The Flash on the CW because it just got too convoluted. They watered it, watered it down. Now Barry Allen apparently is running out of speed force, and so he can only go out on certain occasions. And I'm like, Ugh, you know, I mean, it was just the whole. Well, they have to give it some. I understand because of the writing point of it and everything. They have to give it some kind of. Oblation, so they're not like super powered and everything like that, and that's the only thing about series is like that is eventually you're gonna run out of stories. The yeah. only show, hands down, there's only two shows that hands down that no, it was only one show that hands down that didn't run out of material and kept it lively was Supernatural. Yeah, Supernatural. Um, yeah, definitely. Supernatural. What universe did that exist in? Uh, it was they, it was more or less D, I, I, I want to say DC only because it's a Warner Brothers uh, yeah. property. But uh, I, I almost wanted to say like Stargate uh, SG-1 did, but... Oh, oh, and they're bringing Stargate back. It's called Stargate Revival. Yeah. They've already got Amanda Tapping on, uh, on, you know, on board. I think they're going to go out and get the guy that played Tilk. Yeah. And uh, they're talking to David Spader to uh, to to uh, reprise his role as Daniel. And they're really, really, really trying to entice Kurt Russell to come back to the table. That would be interesting. I would I would love that. Kurt Russell was... Uh, he, in I that mean, role, he, he's one of the greatest actors. Yeah, in, in that role, very intense. 
very intense. And, you know, and it's funny because Kurt Russell is, coming back to that role, which means he's coming back to some kind of like superhero universe. Be, well, the thing it's it, funny because his kid, his kid, played Captain John Mary. Walker. Yeah, John in, Walker. In, in, in uh, the new, US in, agent. Yeah, yeah, U.S. agent. He is playing U.S. agent now, and it's like he goes, I would have never, you know, ever in a million years figured that. And, uh, oh, something I learned over, it, and, like, I was today years old when I figured out, uh, well, I, like, two, I'm technically two weeks old after finding this out. Jack Quaid, who plays Huey in The Boys on Amazon, mm-hmm. his dad, Dennis Quaid, his mom, Meg Ryan. Yeah. I was like, I did not know that. Yeah. And it was on Mother's Day. Yeah. Didn't Meg Ryan play in, played in uh, The Boys? No. No. Who was it? It was oh, it was the chick from Karate Kid. That's right. Yeah, yeah, Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. Yeah, she she gone, but you know, because Homelander melted her face. But I don't know that. Well, no, he destroyed the shapeshifter guy too. So yeah, she's definitely gone. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was a creepy ass episode. Oh man, did you, you watch the outtakes from that? That's yeah. just hilarious because he's. <laughs> no, I haven't seen the outtakes. I need to watch the outtakes. Because Tony Starr. Because uh, I follow Tony Starr on Instagram also. Good Lord, my freaking, yeah, okay, uh-huh, that's that's awesome. Sure, uh-huh. Anyway, so um, I, I got a ton of packages getting delivered to the house. It's it's embarrassing. But um, so the uh, the episode, because I follow Tony Starr on Instagram. I uh, I also follow uh, That's the guy from Carl Homelander, Lander, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He one plays Ban- he's a he Banshee, was, yeah. and he plays Homelander. But, uh, God, that third, uh, I think it's like the third or second episode of Banshee, where he messes with the uh, uh, MMA fighter. Yeah, yeah. Just, just cringe. He's like, he posts these candids, right? And he's in that teddy. And uh, he's like, well, you know, and, I, and I'm just like, it's, it's for me, it's kind of hilarious because, you know, he's like, this is Homelander, you know, and it's just like you get that picture of Homelander. He's like the anti-Superman, but everybody loves him because yeah. he's supposed to be the one there protecting you. It's like, no, you are amazing, you know, kind of. And he just has that, that personality where he can kind of just take that on and just kind of be that ultra, you know, that ultra super narcissistic, you know, personality. And I, I just kind of look at it and I'm like, that guy pulls it off. But, you know, when he's standing there at the, on the top of the building, on top of the, the, the boy tower at the end of the uh, second season, or is it third season? Yeah, it's second second season. season. And so he, he's like, he's jerking off on the top of the building. He's like, I can fucking do anything I want. And he's like, ah. I'm like, I'm like sitting there going, he is ass to the wind, and that's all you see. And you're like, oh, there's that. So, you know. <laughs> I have I have that image in my head. Thank God. Right. Uh, I can't bleach my eyes. No, you can't. <laughs> but it, it's stuff like that that just uh, nowadays, I mean, they're getting to the point where they're finally letting go with a lot. I mean, the new one, uh, Invincible, the com, uh, comic book uh uh, yeah, visible. You know, I know that they deviated a lot from what uh, they didn't deviate as much as you think. There's well, a lot of, st- it, it, I mean, press for time and everything like that. Press you for time, press for budget. Yeah, but for the most part, I mean, the it was series the itself. Story. The series itself, the first season was absolutely. I loved it. Oh, guess what's coming out tomorrow? Love, Death, Robot. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I know what I'm watching in the morning. Yeah. Um, uh, but as like the Joker movie, they they said they wanted to do a Killing Joke, and all these oh we're taking stuff from Killing Joke. It's like you took the fact that he was a comedian and it's the Joker. That's it. Yeah. Now, now if you did the Killing Joke, oh my lord. That would have been awesome. That was a great, great story. It was, yeah. And um, for the longest time, they did it as a Elseworld uh, comic uh, type deal. Mm-hmm. They, all this stuff, and then, and then they, they saw how much everybody loved it, and that's when they brought it into canon. Of what I mean, 
It was very, very well written. Yeah, uh, and it, you notice that too. That, I mean, they're like little, little, little Easter eggs, like uh, in the original cut of the Justice League. Bruce Wayne is in the Batcave, and he's looking at Robin's costume that he's got behind glass. And yeah, spray painted the family, on the, Yeah, yeah, spray painted on the chest is ha 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 ha, right? Yeah, and you're like, oh wow, I picked that up, you know. And it's kind of cool to watch for these Easter eggs. I mean, nobody's ever going to find them all. And I think a lot of times people, like, you see these YouTube videos, like, oh, Easter eggs discovered. That's like trying to dissect Ready Player One with all the Easter eggs that are in it. Yeah, but those were intentional. But I think that a lot of times when you look at these videos that are out there about, quote-unquote, Easter eggs, I think a lot of them are like, you know how when people tell you that you can see what you want to see? I think that the people are out there, you know, don't get me wrong, these are very imaginative individuals that are out there creating this content for people to consume. But at the same time, I think that a lot of it is that they're just doing it for the numbers. And whether it's intentional or not, I don't know. Don't necessarily care. But I do know that a lot of these Easter eggs that they are saying, oh, well, if you look at this and it harkens back to this, and they chart, start, you know what I mean? You, just, yeah, you, you the... see this wall with like <clears throat> yarn going all over it. But And I'm like, okay... I see where you got that, but I, I'm really not. I, I really don't. Oh, that's like that's like the guy uh, that does uh, everything awesome. Yeah, I hate that guy. I mean, with a passion because he dissects uh, the the trailers and everything like that. And I watched like it took me one video to totally anytime it because I have a lot of comic book videos that comes up and everything like that. And his always comes up because he's he, he does the hashtag comics. And I always like, undo, get rid of, only because he doesn't know what he's talking about. Because yeah. he, he's, a, he's a comic book movie fan, but he's not a comic book fan. And he gets everything wrong. Yeah, he'll break down. He'll break something down and it's just... just you know what pisses me off about him? And I follow him too. On, on YouTube. And, I don't. And, and, and I don't. the only reason I do, because I'm hoping that one day he'll either A, actually give away the Infinity Box Gauntlet set, or he'll give away that fucking PS5 he keeps talking about. And I'm like, dude, just fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I still, still to this moment, I still, I can't, I can't even do that. I was like, it's a free PS5, or it's a free Infinity uh, thing. I was like, no. No, I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking that purple. No, see, <laughs> I left a comment, liked the video like two or three times, and I'm sitting there going, "And you know, it's when we get to certain so many likes, we get to so many subscribers." And I'm like, "Uh huh, uh huh." And I'm even gonna go out on a limb here. You know, he's like, "Oh, check me out on Spotify, right?" Because he apparently thinks that he's some kind of techno musician, and I can't just. Can't. Can't, can't listen to his music. He's got like two tracks on Spotify, and I'm just like, he's like, I am fires or something like that. I forget what it that, is. That, Anyways, you, you would have to tell me because I have no idea. I, I'm but, the type of person right now. With I would take the Harley Quinn back and just see what his brains look like on the floor. I mean, it's going a little bit off shot on that one, but you know. I know. I mean, if you're gonna I go, bet, if, you're, if been, you're gonna go with fictional bats and fictional weaponry, you might as well just use Lucille. Okay. I mean, because at least at that point, one, we've seen somebody live action swinging it. Two, we know that it does something very substantive to the human skull, i.e., Glenn. Yeah. I mean, when he got done with Glenn, he looked like Sloth from the Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, and everybody is at home going, "Oh my God, I can't believe they showed that!" Like, don't, don't, don't act, don't, don't be act like you're being taken aback. I seen what you've cheered for, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like really this time. Yeah, th that's where the line is. <laughs> Come on now, but and it's almost as bad as watching uh, Grim Prairie Tales. <laughs> you actually seen that? You know how many people I know have never seen that movie, and you just have to watch it. It's uh, James Earl Jones is in it, and there's a scene in there that got me to stop having sex with anybody for about a year and a half because of that scene. 
I was that afraid. Of course, I was a little kid and everything. Like, well, I was a teenager, but still, it was one of those moments. I mean, wow, just wow. It's, sometimes you just got to go, oh, they they did that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They did that. Yeah, they did that. <laughs> but I guess we can stop it from this one. Uh Next next one, hopefully next week we get uh, uh what's what's the charity organization that we're doing next? Yeah. Week? So okay. So kind of uh, on a on a closing note here, um, I have just become the uh, co chair for the executive action committee for Rally Point, or for the not Rally Point rather Rally Project. Um, and we'll put the uh, we'll put the URL. In the comments, well, actually, I think we might even attach it to. The, we, I can put it up on. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it on the main page for the, or, the Facebook and everything. Yeah, like main that. page for everything. So, it's what it is. It's it's a nonprofit, and we we assist uh, veterans, law enforcement, first responders. Um, you know that that are coming off of duty, alpha active duty. You know, they're, they're still on active duty, that kind of thing. Kind of like uh, Rob O'Neill's, but it's uh, Rob O'Neill's is only special forces. Yeah, well, I mean, whereas his is just SOF guys. I mean, this is this is basically for everybody. So, yeah. um, you know, we're going to start. I mean, there we're branching out here into our area here in Wichita Falls, Texoma area. So, you know, what, and, what we're trying to do is we're going to. I mean, we're going to look at different projects that we can get behind. Uh, there's one that I, I really really liked whenever we talked to Doug Pruitt, who is the uh, CEO of uh, Rally Project. Uh, he was up here yesterday. Um, I had you FaceTime with him for a little bit. Yeah. Um, we uh, he one of the ideas that he proposed to us was a whiskey for warriors, and it's and it's a fundraising event, right? Where we go to like Wiscata here, right? And uh-huh. we pay like fifty dollars a ticket to get in. We do it over the course of like three or four nights, and it's just, it's a whiskey tasting, basically, right? Yeah. You get all these like small independent breweries and distillers and, and stuff like that that will submit. I got a couple of them that I could probably, uh, I could talk to. Yeah, well, so what I want to do is we can, what we'll do is, is we'll get. But they, the whiskey, I mean, it's good, but it's not like, it's just. <sighs> well, I mean, we can do things like, okay, so we could talk. You know, we can get different different whiskey producers, you know, whether it be Jack Daniels or, you know, get some of these local, you know, state. And I say local. Well, half the time, all you, have to, all you really have to do is just ask them, hey, we're going to do this. Uh, yeah. Now, we're just going to buy it ourselves and everything like that. And, but at some, the, most of the time, no, they actually... At the, end, have, at the end of either the one night that we hold it or the two nights, three nights that we hold it, at the end of each night that we hold this event, we have a raffle <clears> for a bottle of a Texas created whiskey okay and you know i mean we're gonna see some of the you know and 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 this is all like very up here in the headspace kind of thing as far as the planning stages are concerned but we're gonna do we're gonna try to do things like get involved with the hunter uh, hotter and hell uh committee try to set up like a ruck division for the hotter and hell hundred you know i mean because i mean now that we've got people on rollerblades we've got the the three, the five, the ten, the ten k, the twenty five k, and we've got yeah. the twenty five, fifty mile, one hundred miles, right? We've got mountain bikes, a mountain bike division. Why not have a rucking division so we can get go ruck involved? You know, kind of a thing, just to say, hey, you know, there is an alternative to people who don't have bikes but still like to get out and get active. Yeah, because some of those bikes are like stupid, ridiculous, stupid. Expensive. Yeah, like four or five grand for a bike that weighs as much as this glass of of, of tea. Yeah. You know, and how is that? I, I just noticed that this you went HTO, to that yeah. oh, dude, this place is amazing. Uh, I got the uh, the Georgia Sweet Peach uh-huh. tea. Fucking love it, dude. Okay, cool. Yeah, and then like uh, they've got like happy hours, like half price drinks from twelve, from like four to six or something like that. Okay, Where's I'm gonna right have here? to check them out after my interview. Yeah, it's right over there across the street from uh, where Blue Cross yeah, is. Yeah. But, um, but uh, another thing, another thing on that, and what a lot of people don't understand is uh, the dis. Uh, dissociation that you get when you, uh, especially, I mean, this is what went in my military career yeah. that I was talking to a senior master sergeant of 23 years, 24 years, and dude was 
bawling on me because he didn't know what he was going to have to do when he got out. And it's yeah. that kind of uh, uh, disassociation that you get whenever you do something for so long that, I mean, it, it could be, you know, being a cop, being a detective, being a fire department. Yeah, uh, you, you, you and lose. It, and it's, it's a lot, it, even when you're in a company. Yeah, you even kind of, it, it, the best way to describe that is is an identity crisis. You lose your identity when you come off of active duty. You you lose your identity coming off the well, It's just force. coming off of anything. Anything. You identified as being that for yeah. so many years. And, and and especially with like the, the, the law enforcement, first responder, military communities, uh, even, you know, fire firefighters also, it's like you've trained, you've trained, you train, you train. You get this muscle memory. You get this mental memory. You, you... I've known people that as soon as they get out, I'm uh, a friend of mine, the, uh, my brother-in-law's neighbor. I mean, he was uh, ex-fire chief, and then he still does it. He still does fire and volunteer work, especially like Fourth uh, 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 of July. Yeah, with a, he has his radio on and everything like that. He was he was showing us uh, his rat racers because he built rat racers on his downtime now, but he. He was like, yeah, I can't, I can't get away from it. Yeah, and, you know, and, and like even okay, so like uh, combat arms individuals, you know, like infantrymen, special forces, rangers, when they get off of active duty, they either go into business, or they, you know, they they try to find some menial nine to five task that just kind of keeps them busy. Yeah, some people can do it. Some people can't. you see those people that'll go into the contracting world and they'll go right back over there. Yeah. You know, and they're making six figures a year. Yeah. But, but for the nine, 99% of the time, whenever people come off of active duty, regardless as to what their job title is, or they come off of, you know, they come out of uniform, they have that identity crisis where it's like, okay, now what am I? What am I supposed to do? What we try to do, what, what, at least in this area, what we're going to try to help establish is kind of a bridge. Now, there's a lot of different things that Rally Project tries to get done, and, and they've done successfully in area others, other areas of the state. Uh, they're called rally homes or rally, vill- or rally villages. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is for warriors to come in and, you know, We'll hand them the keys, not to a permanent residence, but to something that will get them, help them get on their feet. And they're not tiny homes. You know, I mean, we can build different models of home and stuff like that, but they're going to be modest, but they're going to be something that they can say, hey, look where I live, you know. Um, I mean, because you can't build a tiny home and just say, okay, this is the footprint for everybody. You get some guy who's disabled. Tiny homes are not ADA compliant. I don't care. That you just can't. Get a guy yeah, because you have to lower everything. Yeah. You have to lower everything down. Yeah, and you get a guy who's in a wheelchair. He gets into his hair. You know, you can't move around in his wheelchair, and he can't climb up the fucking ladder to get to his damn loft. Yeah. Well, quick, quick quote, quote pro on that is I like the. I would rather give them one of those new wheelchairs. Is that basically you can stand up. To an extent, yeah, yeah. But when we're talking about a lot of our stuff is going to be based on fundraising and 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 donation. So yeah, I mean we're gonna we we we've got this program. We're gonna start pitching it in the area for different businesses and stuff and individuals. It's called uh, Special Operations Partners or Spec Ops Partners, mm-hmm. and it's a reoccurring donation every month. And we're gonna probably set it at like a hundred bucks a month or something like that for businesses. And we'll we'll look at the different numbers and stuff later, but. It, uh, it, it, it gets you kind of in as far as getting information first and, you know, uh, it's going to enable you to assume different responsibilities. And once we get that on interview set up with Doug Pruitt, I mean, he'll be able to go into it in a little bit more in depth, actually a lot more in depth. Uh, cause I know that right now I'm just really not doing it any justice, but, uh, that, that, that is going to be a great great interview and I don't answer numbers that I don't know why because I don't care about my car's extended warranty right now it's a 2009 I think I'm a little bit past that yeah but um you know with the with the whole uh you know I know that we're gonna try to wrap this up but we'll we'll get him in there um you know because we're gonna have our board of advisors 
because uh, myself and Marissa McCoy, uh, we are going to get that established because she, she's the co-chair with me. Um, and then after that, we're going to, uh, you know, we can have as many advisors as we want. So we're going to have an advisory board that's going to be a very limited number of people, uh, usually with connections or resources within the community or yeah. within the area. And then we're going to have our special advisors where, I mean, we can have like 30 or 40 of those to where, you know, it's like, okay, well, if you've got an idea, great. We can propose, you know, come in and we'll, we'll, we'll sit down with the board and we can, we can pitch this idea and then we can flesh it out see what his viability is as far as fundraising potential and stuff like that. And then we'll, we'll try to get that implemented. But um, special advisors, for the most part, I mean, they're going to be, I mean, everything's very voluntary. So we'll have our special advisors come in and say, okay, um, you know, I, I can volunteer X amount of hours to go here. I can, ex, you know, volunteer here, go there, go there. Uh, yeah, no, But we're, no. we're really going to be here in the area trying to further the footprint of rally project because it it's a project i mean really that i mean we've got that other nonprofit here in town um but with the the water i don't want to say water down because i don't want to be disparaging but to me I'm not, we're not here to push anybody out. We're not, we're not here to, you know, make the public roll their eyes and go, great, here's just another charity, you know. It's like, no, I mean, we're actually here trying to accomplish an actual mission. Yeah. And it's not to, and again, it's not to take away from the other nonprofit here in town, but it's like, at the end of the day, the mission is to take care of our own. Yeah. And I think that... And that's with, just not like uh, military. It's just our own people. It's, yeah. The it's, people it, in our own town. We, yeah. I mean, people, like I said... And we, if we're it not, comes we're not, up, goes we're not, up. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. not specific to the military. I mean, it's military, obviously. Yeah. Firefighters, police, first responders. We're talking about the paramedics, the EMTs. Um, because they have PTSD also. I mean, they have identity crises just, well, as, like, just even, like anybody else. Yeah, it's more or less the identity crisis that you want to get uh, get past because uh, a lot of people only think, and this is due to movies and the media and, uh, and stuff like that, you'll have people that can do a job, but because of the perceptions they have mm-hmm. of... Oh, it's it has to be this. It's probably this. It's probably that. Or they have they're gonna have this. We're gonna have a problem with that. And they can only get jobs that uh, that's pretty much almost the same thing they came out from. Yeah, and you know, so I mean, we want to be able to help be that bridge, that transitional bridge, the, to help gap from uniform to civilian clothes. Because the military will just basically toss you out on your. Uh, <sighs> That's not so much the case anymore. That used to be really. That really used to be the case. Yeah. Because um, when I got out, now they've got transitional classes. They've got mentorships and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, you know, more to the point, we really don't want people feeling like they are alone or that they have to do this on their own. Because uh, the suicide problem is an actual pandemic. I mean, it's not yeah. like this ninety-nine percent survivable virus that that's out there. And, you know, they're ramming it down our throats as being this just ultra, you know, this this blind, uncaring thing. Not to take away from the people who have lost their lives to it or anything like that, but this this is an actual pandemic. I mean it's 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 an issue. Yeah. It it's just goes along along the lines of uh what happens when people can't get in touch with other people. Yeah, so I mean, it's about recreating that community uh, and, and getting that new community in touch with the people that are around them, i.e. the city, the towns, the areas. Yeah. And, you know, so right now, again, we're, we're just in the whole, we're, we're getting out here, so to speak. And once we start getting places in, you know, things into motion, like we're even looking at an actual brick and mortar place where we can have a physical location, uh, like with a PO box or whatever it is that you know we get mail. We can you know we have merchandise yeah. and stuff like that, because any and all like okay so, 
100% of the proceeds go back into the mission itself. Yeah. And so when I say 100% of the proceeds, after all the bills are paid, you know, everything, you know, everything after the bills are paid, that's what's actually and legally considered proceeds. And so that's what's going back into Rally Project. So, okay. um, you know, that, that'll help us to plan and, you know, uh, initiate functions like uh, a gala where we try to dip into the pockets of the, the higher society in town, you know. Yeah. Um, we'll be able to rent out you know, facilities like Wiscata, you know, or have, or have like a really good event. I mean, uh, yeah, because that stuff, Mike Glover did a really great event and they had a, like a gourmet chef. Yeah. man, and everybody just loved the food and they were like, right. It's in, you know? And so, I mean, we'll be able to get the attention. I mean, once we get out here and we start getting things going and we really start cementing our presence as being legitimate, um, because you know they're they're you get those nonprofits they they exist and then they just kind of take up space yeah and they really disenfranchise the public with um, lack of action so we really want to be one of those actionable you know organizations that gets out there proves that we're doing what we say we're going to do yeah and we do it with with an intensity that really can't be doubted so. Um, on that note, I uh, really don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that because we are trying to wrap it up, and we've been trying yeah. to wrap it up for the last 15 minutes. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we ended up doing that a, uh, yeah, a lot I of mean, times. Yeah, really yeah, but so, anyways. Yeah, so we'll get we'll get Doug Pruitt on here uh, via Skype, or we'll get him in here in person. But yeah. either way, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's funny because he was like, not to brag, but uh, he, he, he knows Evan, like, personally, and they exchange texts, right? Oh, Hafer? <laughs> yeah. Oh really? Yeah. So I was like, oh wow, that's that's good. maybe maybe you can give me a leg up on the uh, interview for the day, <laughs> right? Maybe because that's that's one other person that I really wanted to meet, and I would really wanted to meet him on uh, 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 Tori Ar- Archery Challenge and everything. But yeah, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap this up. Uh, thank you for watching. Uh, subscribe, subscribe, like, hit the bu- bell, comment, comment, uh, and uh, you know, no. Uh, uh, once once we get everything, don't send us dick pics. No, no, no. Don't send us dick pics in the in the messengers. Yeah, no, yeah. No. Don't don't do that. Don't don't do no. Don't, <laughs> don't even play, man. That no, just yeah, no, no, yeah, no. Okay, no, okay, no, right. no. I will get a fire hose and I will no. Just don't. <laughs> All right, people. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye.